When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show. And we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Let me get into this topic here. This is going to be one of those ones, right? It's going to be one of those ones. <clears throat> so what happened? Um, I woke up this morning and I checked my phone and I saw a message because we have a WhatsApp group here, uh, Dreamers Pro. So whenever we have messages for work and all of that stuff. So I get a message. Well, I see a message within the chat from one of the people that works with Dreamers Pro. I don't know if he wants me to say his name or not. He'll let me know in the next show uh, if he's comfortable with me saying his name. But anyway. I see a message and it's a video link about some comments that Dwayne Wade made about Kobe Bryant, right? So I look at the video and I click and I see it's actually a a Ticket TV video. So I click on Ticket TV's video and it's a short video. It's like maybe a two and a half minute video, maybe three minutes if my memory serves me right. So Ticket was saying what he said in the video. So what I was looking for was the source. I was trying to figure out where he where he got that information from. And Ticket is one of these guys that somehow always breaks news. I don't know. Maybe Ticket has like, I don't know what it is. Maybe Ticket TV is like an app himself. I don't know how he'd be getting all that news so fast. Something happens. He'd be like, the he's like the Sham of uh, independent, independent media. I don't know how he does it, man. Ticket, you're the only one that can break news that fast. But anyway, so I'm trying to figure out where he got this from. Because I'm like, if what I'm hearing is true, This is a bombshell story, right? A bombshell story because it flies in the face of what we've been told over the last 10, 15 years if we're we're looking at the NBA. So I combed through the internet and I was able to find a website uh, called uh, sportskeeda.com that was actually talking about uh, this news that, that, that essentially... Uh, came out and then on this website so i want to read a little bit of what the website had to say it says lebron james and the cleveland cavaliers were eliminated by the boston celtics in the playoffs when kobe bryant led the los angeles lakers to the 2010 championship the the title was the fifth and last in bryant's career while king james had has yet to deliver the larry o'brien trophy to cleveland while kb24 Abbas and Glory James was booted out in the second uh, for the second time in three seasons by the same familiar foes. Then it continues on. Dwayne Wade, already a champ with the Miami Heat in 2006, revealed a conversation between him and James following Bryant's fifth title. Wade was the fellow 2023 Hall of Fame inductee with Paul Gasol, Tony Parker, Dirk Nowitzki, 
uh, when he narrated the story via Brandon. So what we want to do is we actually want to play the audio of Dwayne Wade basically spilling the beans. And then we're going to come back and really get into the into the show here. So take a listen to what Dwayne Wade had to say here. I remember so, cutting my TV off as soon as Kobe ran and grabbed that ball. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> LeBron. All right, LeBron. Especially <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing against them before. <laughs> CB. CB, I'm not lying to you. I cut the TV off. But I watched that <laughs> and I watched Kobe run and grab the ball and celebrate. I was like, so what you going to do? That was our summer free agency. They had just, they were dominating. Like, Kobe was winning all these rings. I was like, wait, hold on. Now he got five and we got one? Like, no. So, yeah. Man, yeah. It, that, that was a... It's, it's, it's great how... changed the league. How he I created, to know yeah. that. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> We're proud of that. Yeah. So you heard what Dwayne Wade had to say there. Unbelievable. He saw Kobe Bryant win his fifth championship. He cuts off the TV after Kobe grabbed the ball, then him and Dwayne, him and LeBron James get on the phone and we're like, we got to figure out a way to stop Kobe Bryant. Where do I, where do I even begin with this? Where do I even begin with this particular story? Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Kobe Bryant over the past, let me say, five to 10 years has been arguably the most disrespected NBA legend out of all of the legends that they talk about on a daily basis. When we're talking about the NBA, easily the most disrespected with stupid lists that be, that, that are published by various um, news publications that are agenda driven. You know, it's agenda driven when they all pretty much have the, an identical list, right? Um, from various people on television, like Shannon Sharp, uh, Nick Wright, and others going out there saying one stupid thing after the other about Kobe Bryant. It's just been one thing after the other. And when you have people like myself that come out here and say that, listen, I think Kobe is one of the three greatest players of all time, all of a sudden people come to the channel, some people, not let me say people, but some people come to the channel and all of a sudden, they want to knuckle up on me. What you mean? What you mean? Number three. What you mean? What you mean? Number three. What you mean? What you mean? And the irony of it is this. The vast majority of the people that comment on Kobe Bryant in terms of his career, where he should be ranked all time, the vast majority of these people have never even seen Kobe Bryant play. They've never seen this. We actually conducted uh, a social experiment on our channel. We did this uh, we did this experiment I want to say over a month ago, right? Just to prove to people um just how clueless uh some of the people out there that find themselves commenting on Kobe Bryant's greatness uh are whenever talking about Kobe. So what we did was we put up a poll about 2 weeks ago, get this. The question simply said, who was the who said the phrase first? I will be taking my talents to in the NBA, LeBron or Kobe, would you know out of 20,000 voters that voted on that poll, 59% of them said LeBron James and 41% of them said Kobe Bryant. That poll got generated about 700 comments. The reason we put up that poll was just to show the sheer ignorance that exists in the ether when people are talking about Kobe Bryant. 
to me, it is it is it is quite clear to me that Kobe is easily a top three guy. If you listen to other great NBA players talk, they always have Kobe in the top five at the very least, unless unless you're like a clown. But at the very least, the vast majority of them have Kobe in the top five. Some of them have him in the top three. Go on to all the smoke podcasts. Who do they all? What's the question they always ask at the very end? Rank them: Kobe, LeBron, uh, Jordan. They're always ranking Kobe. You got to ask yourself the question: Why do these guys keep bringing up Kobe? Now, some people say, "Well, oh, Matt Barnes, he was a teammate of Kobe, so he's going to be biased." What about Stephen Jackson? Was Stephen Jackson ever a teammate of Kobe Bryant? Was 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 Kevin Durant ever a teammate of Kobe Bryant? Was Mark Jackson ever a teammate of Kobe Bryant? Were any of these people ever teammates of Kobe? No, but they understood this. They understood this. Now, let me just attack this story. The narrative around this story was, in the past, the big three were formed to basically topple the Boston Celtics because the Boston Celtics were Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, although they were, um, uh, what is it, all-stars, towards the tail end of their prime, but they were still a juggernaut. The first year they came together, I believe they won 66 games that year, and they went on to win the championship that very first season, and they beat the Lakers in six games, and it blew them out, I think, by 30 or 25 to 30 points in game six in the NBA Finals. The first year that team came together, they won the NBA championship. It's unheard of. Rarely happens. But the story always was they did that to get over the Boston Celtics but according to Dwayne Wade, they did that because they were looking at Kobe like, yo, like, I'm tired of seeing this dude win. And they figured out the only way we can beat this guy or get to where he's at or win the championship, we essentially need to stack our team to do it. Kobe is the only player in NBA history, in NBA history to win two championships back-to-back without a single top 75 teammate, ever. That is forever and ever and ever. When it comes to competition in the era in which Kobe Bryant played with, if you understand basketball from a macro standpoint, you would easily surmise that this guy's a top three guy quite easily. He played in the slowest era ever. He outshot the league in his era. And within that era, he was still winning NBA championships without a legitimate super team. Without a super team, he was still figuring it out. And oh, by the way, in a two-year window, Kobe Bryant beat more 50-win teams than Magic Johnson did in his career. And do you know that Kobe Bryant holds the record for the most wins against 50-win teams in NBA history? You are aware of this, right? You are aware of this. You do realize that winning the the West Coast, uh, uh, basically getting through getting through the, the, the playoffs in the Western Conference was basically like you're going to the finals every round because to qualify some years, you needed to be at least a 50-win team. In the East, you could get into the playoffs with a 41-41 and 41 record in the Eastern Conference. So what I'm trying to figure out is, for the folks that always tell me, oh, LeBron is better than Kobe, LeBron is better than Kobe, why did LeBron need Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to feel like he would then feel comfortable to go to go ahead Kobe to go against Kobe Bryant and beat him in the finals. Why is that the case? Help me figure it out. Why did Dwayne Wade 
and LeBron James sit down, look at the success that Kobe Bryant had, and say, man, we got to find a way to topple these guys. I can't stand seeing this guy win anymore. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And Kobe was doing it doing it without a super team. Let me tell you guys what just happened. I think Dwayne Wade said too much. I think that's what happened there. Dwayne Wade says something that he wasn't supposed to say. Because what Dwayne Wade just said went against the narrative. And you can, re- you can bet your bottom dollar. You can bet your bottom dollar that the vast majority of news publications, sport, I'm talking about like television guys, guys on TV, will not cover this story. They simply won't. They will not cover this story. The same way they didn't cover the Redeem Team story. You remember the Redeem Team that was losing and floundering all over the place, stinking up the international game for the United States? You remember that? When they came in, when they brought in Kobe Bryant and they said, okay, this is clearly the best player in the world. Well, that goes against the narrative of people like Nick Wright and others who have said Kobe Bryant was never the best player in the NBA ever, which is a flat-out lie. But he knows that he has an audience that's very young, uninformed, and they're going to listen to anything that he says because he has a beard, he has on a suit. So they think, oh my God, this guy must be saying something innovative here because he's using proper English. Oh my God, he must be saying the truth when he's flat out lying to you. Nick Wright is represented by Clutch Sports. So there goes all of his credibility right out the window. And it made, and, and, and it now starts to make sense to me why Nick Wright used to go at Kobe Bryant so hard. He, you, I mean, the way Nick used to go with Kobe, I used to sit there and wonder, like, yo, what's up with Nick? Nick used to talk about Kobe Bryant as if Kobe Bryant didn't have any need, like, I didn't have any, he didn't have any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He didn't have any basis, or he wasn't qualified, that's the word, to even have an opinion about LeBron. To even have an opinion about him, because it was a number of years ago when Kobe basically told LeBron, like, listen, man, you got to figure out a way to win. It can't be about stats. You got to figure out a way to win. And then Nick Wright took it upon himself and he was dead ass serious. He was angry. Who does Kobe Bryant think he is to be calling out? This is Nick Wright, a crony from Clutch Sports. That's who that is. He was already exposed by his own colleague at Fox Sports 1, which I believe was something that was never supposed to come out. So you have people out there listening, listening to this guy, believing that he's giving Kobe Bryant and these guys a fair shake when he's not. That's the reason why Nick Wright says outlandish, crazy things about Michael Jordan. He's represented by Clutch. He he doesn't mean what he's saying. He's only saying that because it serves his interest. Period. That's why I view his basketball takes. I I I I have zero use for them because I know he's just saying something that he doesn't really mean. So I've lost respect for him. You pull up the the check we got. We can pull up our accounts and you let me know where you see the the credit in our account that came from Jordan Brand or Kobe Bryant's camp. Let me know where that came from. I'm telling you this because I believe it. Some of those guys are telling you that because it fits an agenda. And I think in the case of Dwayne Wade, he went too far. He went too far. He said too much. He revealed too much. But I think Dwayne is at the point now where he's like, I'm just going to tell it like it is. He was recently on Club Shay Shay. And we're talking about Kobe Bryant. He's like, don't compare me to Kobe. That's the dude right here. You can't compare me to Kobe. They don't want that. Kobe's a guy has to be, because again, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say, I said it before, and I'm going to say it once more, and I'm going to wrap it up here. Kobe was the guy, in my personal view, that needed to be eliminated in terms of removal. I don't mean it that way. Removed in order for them to put LeBron next to Jordan. You would have to be, you would have to be, I don't even know what to call you. You would have to be some type of somebody 
to follow basketball. Let's say you started watching basketball in 2010. In 2010, the Lakers won the championship. 2011, the Mavs won the championship. 2012, the uh, Heat won the next two championships. And then I think the Spurs ran off another championship. Uh, at that time, LeBron had two rings. Kobe had five. Then some other teams won in between. I think it was Golden State. We get to 2016. LeBron wins three. And at that point, he now jumps Kobe Bryant. It couldn't work. So what needed to happen was they needed to be a smear campaign. They needed to smear him. Smut his name. Throw smut on his name. And once they started doing that successfully and they know that the younger audience is not going to do any research, all they're going to do is read stat sheets. And then they're going to be like, oh, maybe LeBron is better. That's why you have clowns like running around telling me that LeBron. How you believe LeBron is a better basketball player than, than Kobe Bryant to me is beyond me. I think LeBron is one of the five greatest players of all time. I have him ranked number four, but I, I'm sorry. I saw these two guys face each other. I saw them stare each other in the face. And LeBron usually wanted nothing to do with Kobe, man. Nothing to do with him. He was in awe of Kobe. Now, some people in the back will then mention, well, LeBron has a better record than Kobe Bryant. LeBron got a lot of his wins against Kobe when he had a better team. And remember, Kobe was about six years older than LeBron when they were playing. So that's one of the reasons that uh, that, that occurred. But that doesn't mean a damn thing because Kawhi Leonard has a better regular season record against LeBron. So what does that mean? Kawhi is better than LeBron? No, you have to be an idiot to say something like that. It's not. I'm talking about individual players. So to me, I think that Kobe was the guy that they needed. He was the odd man out. I don't know if a bit of jealousy existed between LeBron and Kobe. Well, it might have. I don't know. But we definitely know that LeBron was looking up to Kobe. We know this. He copies the stuff that he says. Um, a lot of the things that he tries to do, he tries to copy him, which is fine. It's a form of flat. He, he's, he's flattered by it, uh, which is fine. But for Dwayne Wade to say that, even I didn't know that. Even I didn't know that. Even I didn't know that. And a lot of dudes started pumping up their chest the minute Mo, uh, Kobe, uh, Kobe was gone. But when you saw these dudes on the court, none of them had all of that beating of the chest and bumping up the chest. They knew. They all knew. They all knew who the best was. They knew it. And it, and it was clear. So, Dwayne Wade, thank you for revealing that information, man. I'm sure some of the haters uh, are going to you know, gonna take issue with what I said. I don't care. Uh, instead of taking issue with what I said, take issue with what Dwayne Wade said. Because Dwayne Wade was the guy that was there saying this. If Kobe was so trash, if these guys are better than Kobe Bryant, why are they forming super teams to try to stop him? Help me figure it out. Why are they forming super teams to try to stop him? If you're better than him, figure it out. Figure it out. But they went and put together a super team, and now everybody's pumping up their chest. But the real no. The real know who Kobe is. That's why I still have him number three all time. And I don't care what an argument you bring. I haven't heard one, one to make me feel anyway because I saw him play. Basketball is a game that you also watch. Sorry to break it to you guys. You got to watch it. And I saw a dude play. I'm sorry. I haven't seen anybody better uh, play, play, bad, play basketball better than Kobe Bryant live. Never seen it. I didn't get to watch MJ in his prime. But in terms of I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment.
I expect almost nothing from Ben Simmons year in and year out over the last few years. Let me tell you my sentiment uh, about Ben Simmons and how I need you guys to understand how I feel. Do you remember? Do you remember the movie Meet the Meet the Effers with um, oh my God, with De Niro, uh, uh, the other guy? I forgot the actor's name. He has a brother, hilarious guy. But anyway, Meet the Effers. You know the movie, right? There was a scene in that movie when I think he was over at there was somebody somebody's house and they were having a pool party or a pool, not a pool party, a pool like they were playing pool volleyball, whatever the hell you want to call it. And they were huddled up in the pool. And Robert De Niro's Robert De Niro's character was looking and giving out assignments. Okay, you're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. This one, and then Greg. He goes, Greg, and we I expect <laughs> we expect nothing from you. That's my that's that that look that sentiment is me and Ben Simmons together. That's how I feel. Some people feel that is harsh, but I don't think it's harsh, and I'll tell you why. Ben Simmons is a time waster. Ben Simmons went out there and took us all on an emotional roller coaster two years ago when he decided that he was ready to leave Philadelphia after he went to the playoffs and was throwing up bricks all over the place. Y'all saw it. No need to go over it again. We're all trying to forget what we saw. I feel sorry and my sympathy goes out to those Philadelphia natives because y'all had to see it live in front of y'all. So good gosh, you can imagine how they feel. So we know that. Instead of owning up, taking it on the chin with some of the things that his teammate and his coach said, Ben Simmons said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out of here. He finds a way to get the hell out of there after turning himself into an absolute nuisance, an absolute nuisance with uh, Philadelphia. He gets to Brooklyn. Then he gets there and the Brooklyn Nets were getting ready to go into the playoffs. So I think they were in the playoffs at that time. And Ben Simmons is there working out. And it's like, man, I'm close. I'm close. He saw those boys go down 0-2. He was like, man, I can't play no more. And we were like, how did you go from I'm close to I can't play no more? Apparently, he injured himself, and he's gone. He, he had a back injury, which a lot of us, including Jalen Rose at the time, was asked, well, if this guy had a black back injury, how did the hell did he pass the physical to get traded? I digress. This is the Ben Simmons way. Ben Simmons goes. He goes out there. He plays for the Brooklyn Nets. And to quickly summarize his his stats, I'm going to do it quickly because, again, I don't want to bother you guys with these stats because they're just absolutely, I mean, when I say horrendous, they're absolutely horrendous. Ben Simmons, last year, in 42 games, played 26 minutes, scored 6.9 points per game, shot 56.6% from the field, attempting 5.6 shots a game, shot 0% from the three, nothing, nothing new there, shot 43.9% from the free throw line, rebounds, assists. All of those things were down. Steals, all of those things were down across the board. Now, there have been some folks out there that have said, listen, listen, listen. I can't stand you, Charleston. I can't. Apparently, people thought my name was Charleston. I don't know how Charles and Charleston ended up sounding alike. But anyway, there are people out there that don't like the fact that I'm saying this. But the fact of the matter is Ben Simmons was horrendous. And it was like, you don't understand he was injured. That's what they said. Although, forgetting the fact that he was already on a downward trajectory, even while he was in Philadelphia. But no, no issue. No issue. What happened? This morning, I was doing some research. And I came across an article that absolutely floored me. After I read the headline, and when I read it for you guys, you guys are just not going to believe what this article just started off with. You already know. 
that we're talking about Ben Simmons. So let me just get into the article. It starts off, Ben Simmons committed more fouls than made field goals in the 2022-2023 NBA season. Good Lord. Ben Simmons has fallen from grace. He was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 2018. This was after missing the 2016-17 season, which would have been his first year if he hadn't fractured the fifth uh, Matarasso bone on his right foot. Simmons was looked at as a player similar to LeBron James, thanks to his all-around ability. The one problem is Simmons cannot score like LeBron, and this was proven last season when Simmons committed more fouls than he made field goals. Simmons made 133 field goals last season while committing 139 fouls. This is not what you want from a player who made $35.4 million last season. Who else, truthfully, who else could do what Ben Simmons just did? Who else? Now, the apologists will say, man, you don't know basketball. These are people that ain't coached a damn thing in their life. Man, you don't know basketball. You don't know basketball. You see, because I play basketball, so the way I'm looking at it and the way you're looking at it, you're seeing that he ain't made, he ain't made, he made more fouls than, than field goals, but what you don't understand is that if you play basketball, you would understand why he had more fouls. It's like, bro, we know the result. Stop trying to take us around. The, some people act like basketball is like we're doing, we're building rocket ships here. This is the part I don't... Kids play basketball. Kids. Kids play basketball. But they're trying to make it seem like this is something that nobody can understand. Not saying that NBA players don't understand. Obviously, it's their job. So, obviously, they're going to understand it. But to say that you're the only one that understands this. So, basically, all of us are watching basketball like fools. We're just watching something we can't understand. Cut it out. That's not even it. Let me... Let me... Let me give you guys some, some information here why I feel like Ben Simmons is wasting everybody's time. I want to give you guys some info here that is going to astonish you. Ben Simmons has played in the NBA one, two, three, four, five years. Five years this fellow has been in the NBA. Let me, let me, let, let, let me give you all some data here. In the five years, in the five years that Ben Simmons has been in this NBA, with the advent of the three-point shot where teams are averaging over 35 attempts per game because of spacing. We've all heard the importance of being a stretch big. You become more versatile. You can help your team. You can do more things on the court. But these Ben Simmons supporters, they'll come out, they'll come on a, in, into the community section, twerk it up all over the place, knock over everybody's drinks, and tell us why we don't understand basketball. But they understand it at an intrinsic level. Meanwhile, they're coaching nobody. Ben Simmons in five seasons, folks has made five three-point shots in five years. Five years. Let me give you guys some other data. And I'm getting this from basketballreference.com. You're just not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. Get ready for this. Ben Simmons for his career is averaging a 56.5% shooter. This is why you guys got to be careful when you're looking at overall field goal shooting percent because you think, man, this guy's really efficient. Well, he shot 56% from the field. He's better than Kobe. Yeah, you know, there are people that make arguments just on field goal percentage. Yeah, he's better than Kobe. I mean, he's more efficient. I mean, he shot 56.5%, so he's better than Kobe. This is what these people do. 
Let me give you guys some data. From zero to three feet. Okay, from zero to three feet. Listen to this. Ben Simmons, for his career, shoots 71.6% from zero to three. Dunks, layups. From three to 10, he shoots for his career 41%. From 10 to 16, Ben Simmons is a 30.6% career shooter. And from 16 to three points, to, to the three, Ben Simmons is a 25% shooter. Last year, from 16 to three, he shot 0%. 0%. The year before that, he shot 50%, which means he must have attempted like three shots or like four or 10. The year before that, he shot 0%. This is from 16 to three. The year before that, he shot 10%. And his rookie season, he shot 31, 39%. The fact of the matter is simply this. Ben Simmons is extremely talented. He has a lot of physical gifts. He's fast. He's quick. He's an elite defender. Very smart player. But if we're going to be honest... Ben Simmons has not improved his basketball game over the course of his career, and that's the issue. That's the reason why I say that Ben Simmons is wasting everybody's time. He has not been improving. His free throw shooting percentage last year was 44%. 44%. Let me ask you guys a question before we close. Would you say Giannis Antetokounmpo is a much more skilled, I'm talking about skill, a much more skilled basketball player than Ben Simmons? I would say no. I would say no. I would say that Giannis is very, very raw. Not as raw as Ben Simmons, but he's raw. The difference between a Ben Simmons and Giannis is that Giannis is somebody that puts in the work to improve. Let me give you guys some data. Do you know Giannis Antetokounmpo as a rookie averaged the same amount of points as Ben Simmons as a five-year veteran? Giannis's first year, he averaged 6.8 points per game. That's Giannis Antetokounmpo. He shot 41% from the field. The next year, he scored 12.7 points per game. His field goal shooting percentage jumped by nine. Since his second year in the NBA, Giannis has shot no less than 50% from the field. No less. Giannis, you can see, actually works on his game and he attempts. Giannis is not the only guy that's improved. John Morant, Paul George won the most improved player of the year. Pascal, these are all guys that improved over the course of, the, over the course of their careers. They worked on their weaknesses. What has Ben Simmons been doing? Except thirst, trap, uh, thirst trapping on, on Instagram. What has Ben Simmons been doing? So this is my issue with Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is wasting everybody's time. I even read an article here that I want to quickly um, close with. It's from the New York Post. And it essentially says, get this, Nets Ben Simmons. Uh, Nets Ben Simmons, I owe it to everybody to regain my all-star form. After swinging from injured 
injured to ineffective to absent in a season and a half, Ben Simmons acknowledged he owes to the Nets fans and the fans to get back to his old form. And he said, make of it what you will. I'll say the hardest thing was not being able to do your job at the fullest. I never have excuses. All right. I never tried to say anything uh, about different things going on, but I was dealing with an injury at the time. So I did what I could do at the moment, Simmons said. And I owe it to everybody, the fans and everybody to get back where I need to be. That's what I did this summer to get back. Ben Simmons can go ahead and kick rocks with that statement. Ben Simmons can go ahead and kick rocks. Do you know why? Because over the last three years, every single year, Ben Simmons has looked like Kobe Bryant in the offseason. He's looked like Ray Allen or uh, James Harden. Shooting jumpers, fading away, hook shots, spin moves. You're like, man, this guy's so good. And then you get to the regular season and then we all looking for him. Ben, ben, ben Simmons needs to go on with that. But I'm going to be weighing for the supporters to come and tell me, oh, you hating on Ben Simmons. Next one, you're going to be you hating on the black man. That's the next one coming. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Let's get into this topic here. So, as you guys know, uh, there was a pretty big game that took place over the weekend between uh, the Colorado Buffaloes. Deion Sanders team and of course Oregon right pretty big game um I can remember the last time I sat down and actually watched the football game but that game was able to pull me in which shows you uh the impact that this team and Deion Sanders is having on that particular sport uh overall I read I read a report recently from uh what's the website frontofficesports.com where they said that some of these college football games uh, tickets now are rivaling some of the ticket prices of some NFL games. Just think about that for a second. That's the type of effect that it's having. And as you guys know, um, Deion Sanders right now is looking like a marketing uh, genius. However, there are some people that have been taking this, taken exception that have, excuse me, that have taken some exception to some of the things that Deion Sanders said. And one of those people was Dan Lanin who is the head coach of Oregon. Now, uh, during the game, I think it was in the third quarter, as I was following the game, I was also going through my phone. And um, I would get like these different reports from like, I'm talking about Instagram now, and I'll see different posts from various sports websites. And I saw one from, I want to say it's Bleach Report. And Bleach Report <laughs> essentially had uh, this, 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 this quote of some of the things that Oregon's head coach had to say about Deion Sanders, not Deion Sanders, but Colorado going into that game, basically saying that these guys are all playing. They're just playing for, you know, the, the hype, uh, that comes with it. So ultimately, ultimately you guys know what happened. It was an absolute beat down. Very, 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 very crazy game. But it's also important to note that, um, Deion Sanders is still in the process of getting some of the top recruits. That's number one. He was without his best player. I think Travis Hunter, that's number two. So these are some of the things to bear in mind going into that game. Nevertheless, it was still a loss. And to quote Deion Sanders himself, he said it was a good old fashioned butt whooping. That's what he said. So knowing this, I knew that this was going to be one of the biggest stories come Monday, right? And I was curious to hear what various shows were going to say about this. So this morning, I was watching a segment from uh, Undisputed Live with Skip Bayless, Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin, and Richard Sherman. And I think this was the topic 
that they started off the show with. And, and let, let, let's just put this thing into context. They started off on Monday talking about Colorado instead of instead of the Dallas Cowboys. The, I mean, America's team, the most valuable sports franchise in the universe, the Dallas Cowboys, and they're starting off talking about Colorado. Just, that just goes to show you the draw uh, and the level of interest people have in this particular team here. So what I want to do is I want to quickly play uh, some of the comments that Oregon's head coach had to say, because it's going to give what these gentlemen are going to say. Um, some context is a short clip, like a 20 second clip. So we want to play that for you now. And then we're going to come back and get and continue with the show. So take a listen to that there. Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. There's a difference. Right? There's a difference. Right? This game ain't going to be played in Hollywood. It's going to be played on the grass. So you heard what the coach said. So what we want to do now is we want to play what they had to say, the gentleman had to say. And more importantly, I want you guys to kind of focus in on what Skip Bayless said and the angle he decided to go in. Uh, which was quite surprising. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he went in that particular direction. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. So take a listen to what Skip Bayless had to say here. You're talking about the Cinderella story is over. Really, it's not. It's not over. No. And here's why I say it's not. Because they were 1-11 a year ago. They're 3-1 and one now. Mm. They're getting ready to play an opponent in USC that looked like hot garbage against Arizona State the other night. They did. I so agree. That is a little nervous for me going to Colorado this weekend to see what that could turn e out. Even though USC is now a 23 and a half point that's, favorite. That's fine. At Colorado. At Colorado. They, that was fine. They was the same at, at Arizona State. and yep. came down to a dogfight. Yeah. But when you look at Oregon's football program versus Colorado, Colorado and Dion, or Colorado better yet, were 1 and 11. Dion has come in and changed the whole scope of Everything. 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 And, and we're not just talking about wins. I'm talking, I'm talking about, about they're making much money in Colorado right and, now. And, and, and they're making more money than they've made in probably forever. So yeah. to probably me, forever. this is a classic bully talking noise in Dan Landing. I don't care what nobody tell me. Because number one, you can go all the way back to, to Bilotti. You can start with Chip Kelly. You can go with Mark Helfer. You can go with Willie Taggart, Mario Cristobal. They established a certain culture at Oregon. Right. It wasn't like Dan came in there and Oregon was at the bottom of the Pac-12 conference right, and right, he right. dug them up mm. and got them the way they are. See, yes. Phil Knight is also presiding. Yeah, so it, you it, got some it, deep it, pockets right, behind that You program. got crazy deep pockets. Yeah. Now, it's not to say that this is leftovers from crystal ball as far as players go. Yeah. Because a lot of players have come and gone or whatever. Sure. But the foundation of the athletic department skipped is already intact. Yep. So you coming in with a typical bully mentality and talking noise. And like Dion say, better get me now. All right. I don't know for sure if Oregon was made aware that well before the game that some of the Colorado kids were scratching up the, the big O in the middle of the field. But they knew. given this social media age we live in, I'm pretty sure they, get, they were made aware of it before yeah. the game. All right, I have tried to tell you guys for two weeks, there is a deep-rooted 
sort of a venomous vengeance that is starting to manifest itself against Dion among white coaches. And, and I'm not going to say they're all white because we saw what Jay Norvell did just two weeks ago, you, you, right? You, you, you're right. Okay. You're it's, right. it's deep rooted and seeded because Dion didn't pay any dues that they all had to pay. Correct. Correct. He's simply mm -hmm. the greatest athlete who ever played, and he has shattered the mold, as we have talked right. and talked right. about, because that's who he is. He is one of the greatest talkers in the history of sports. He is as entertaining an interview as there is in all of sports as we speak. He is playing to his strengths. He is in the midst of the greatest turnaround in college football history, doing it his way. Not Dan Lanning's way, but Dan Lanning, that, that was venomous vengeance. That was real. I don't think he was playing just for clicks. I think he knew exactly where he was going, and he was speaking from his heart of hearts. He says, we are rooted in substance, and they are all about flash. That is not true. They have been well coached. They did not play well coached football on Saturday. But the problem was he did run with it, and it worked because Colorado got buzzsawed right in half from the opening kickoff because Oregon comes out and Oregon. goes 72 yards in 10 plays and doesn't even go to third down one time. Right. And all of a sudden, it's 7 to nothing. So you heard what Skip had to say. Here are my thoughts. First of all, I was very surprised to see Skip take the show in that direction. I was very surprised. Uh, for him to say that, number one, he believes it's personal. Obviously, it is. This is the next opponent that they're going to be playing. But he believes that there's something bigger taking place in college football, which is this. Number one, there may be opposing coaches that don't like the fact that Deion Sanders seems to be skipping the line. They also may not like the fact that, obviously, how are you going to compete with a household name like Deion Sanders, especially, especially when it comes to recruiting some of this new talent. But number three, to hear Skip kind of go into the larger uh, uh, a viewpoint of it, which was, you know, he believes that what we experience in that game is a sentiment that's being expressed league-wide, but we only saw it there, that a lot of people are getting their feathers ruffled by what Deion Sanders is doing, especially, especially in the fashion that he's doing it, talking about it, letting you know about it, uh, the way that he's doing it is unconventional because conventionally that's not how things are done. That's one uh, interesting thing to look at. What's also interesting is that I actually heard what those guys had to say on ESPN first take. And I heard the comments that Stephen A. Smith made and they were totally different from the comments that Skip Bayless made. Skip, uh, Stephen A. Smith said uh, he loves it. He doesn't believe that there was really anything malicious there, that it was just good old back and forth banter. Um, before a football game, so it's interesting to see how these how did these two how these two gentlemen took it in two different directions. For me, if I give you guys my honest view, well, I think this is a nuanced conversation because there are things taking place on the field, and there are things taking place off the field. What's taking place on the field? Well, Oregon, number one, is gaining a lot of attention. For the, I mean, not Oregon, Colorado's getting a lot of attention for the right reasons. Number one, because they're winning. At the, you see, at the core of all of this, we have to focus on the fact that the, the attention that this team was getting was centered around success. It wasn't centered around false bravado. It's not like a Sif, Colorado, 
wasn't had hadn't already won three games. It wasn't as if they just had an improbable victory in the third game of the season. It wasn't like as if those things didn't occur. They occurred. They occurred. And I think that they were winning people over due to the fact that they were actually winning. So it's not like as if there's no substance here. There is absolutely substance because it's centered on real results. That's the first thing. So I think there's that aspect. And also, you have to factor in the fact that they're bringing in all of these eyeballs. When you have ESPN, when you have Fox Sports clamoring for the rights to show your game on TV, it shows you the draw and you saw the numbers. Pulling in 9.3, no, but 9.83 million people coming in. The most, I think the most streamed uh, college football game in ESPN. I mean, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And maybe there's some people, in this case, maybe adversaries, of Deion Sanders and that program that maybe are seeing this and don't like it because they're like, he's probably gaining success too fast. He's not, he didn't really have to go through the system in the process. And maybe there's some people there. Then there's the other aspect of it, which people like Jason Whitlock unwittingly highlighted. Whitlock has represented this viewpoint on Deion, which is that there are people out there that don't like the way that Deion Sanders does things. They don't like the way that he, they don't like his his level of confidence, especially with the way that he speaks. It bothers people like like uh, like Whitlock. And I think Jason Whitlock represents the views of his audience and people that feel that way. They don't like the way that he dresses. They don't support the way he goes about being a Christian, which I think to me is absolutely outlandish to the point where they've been been hailing insults in his direction. So. Those things exist, and maybe, just maybe, that's what Skip Bayless is alluding to because he believes that maybe those comments that the coach made came from something from another place. Now, do I know Skip Bayless in his heart? No, I don't know exactly what he means. But to me, I think that this story is multi-layered, and I think that's the it has so many wrinkles in it, and I think that's the reason so many people are attracted to it because there's so many different avenues in which you can approach the story, where you can gain, where where it can actually pull you in, where you're like, hmm, this is an interesting aspect of what's taking place here. This is just not about football. You don't gain this type of attention just for college football. It it don't happen. There's more at play here, and to me. I am fascinated to see how this thing unfolds moving forward throughout this season because I don't think this conversation is finished. And as a matter of fact, I think it's just getting started. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.